Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. Amen. What do you want to see him do again? I want to ask you that question. For me, if I could ask God to do anything again, it would be Pentecost. That day when uh, the Holy Spirit got loose and everybody that was there heard a message in their own language, what I would ask Him to do today is make this message one that you would hear in your heart that would touch you and help you. So uh, that's what I'm praying for. I'm asking Him to do it again. And that's so important is that we keep relying on his power. Hey, a couple of things as we get going, I just want to share with you. Uh, a couple is the groups. We're trying to get you in a community group. You can sign up out there. Leaders, don't forget you have a meeting today. That That's huge, and we, we need you to be there for those and, uh, and, and be a part of that. Uh, we've got a mystery around here. It's, it's, a, it's an issue. It ended up at the back of the church property, okay? Now you're going to see a picture of it. I guess somebody planted something and it grew, okay? I don't know who did it, but this is what I'm saying to you. I want to thank you, okay? Somebody put that out there on the back of the property. I like going out there because it's quiet, and uh, and, and boy, it, it, it's, it sits well, okay? So I don't know who did it, but thank you. You're in trouble, and I'm going to get you, okay? <laughs> uh, <I> just, <laughs> so... I appreciate that so much. So, hey, we're going to be in Acts 9 today, Acts the ninth chapter, and we're going to be talking about breaking the silence when it's hard, breaking the silence when it's hard, and this is, this is so important for us to, uh, to, to, to uh, understand that sometimes it's going to be hard for us to speak up about our Lord. And so as we, uh, we jump in here in Acts 9, we got to do a little back work. The book of Acts was written to give us a history of the church, okay? And, and the, one of the things you need to understand about the church from the very beginning, the church wasn't wanted. The Jewish leaders who didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah wanted to squelch the church when it began, and, and they were trying to eradicate it from the very beginning. And so we come across the guy that we're going to talk a lot about today. His name is Saul. It's later changed to Paul. And so if I slip up and say Paul sometimes or Saul, either way, it's the same guy. But, but it's this guy, Saul, and we see him in chapter 7. There's a man named Stephen who preaches an incredible sermon. I mean, it is absolutely incredible. It's about Jesus, and we see Saul there. He's there with a group of people that have come to put Stephen to death. They have picked up rocks, and they're getting ready to stone them. Now, now, now Saul would never do that because he's a good Pharisee, okay? But as a good Pharisee, he wouldn't do that. But he allowed them to, to, to put the, their coats at his feet. And, and, and so, and he watched. He's kind of like the guy that pays for the hit, okay? He, he's there. He supports it. It tells us in 8.1. And so we come now to Acts, the ninth chapter, and we encounter Saul again. This time, he's on the way to Damascus, and he's got documents that says this, that he can arrest Christians and put them in prison. He, he's going there to arrest them, maybe stone them, maybe even kill them, but he's going to persecute them to eradicate the church. And we're going to pick up the story there. We're going to learn about Saul for a little bit, and then we're going to hear from a guy named Ananias, and that's where we're going to learn a lot today. So this, this is what it says in Acts, the ninth chapter, starting in verse 3. 
He says, as he neared Damascus on his journey, he's headed to Damascus to get rid of Christians, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then Saul asked, who are you, Lord? Do you notice what Paul says here? Saul says here, who are you, Lord? This is what he knows. He knows whatever is behind that voice is the one that is in charge. He knows whoever is behind that voice has authority. He knows whoever has has, uh, the authority behind that voice is one that he has to bow to. And so what does he do? He calls him Lord. In that day and time, it would show ownership. It meant, hey, you own me. You've got me. And so immediately he recognizes something there. Now, he's in for a little surprise. Let's keep reading here. And he says, this is what the voice says. He says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. To say that Saul is surprised is an understatement. Because he didn't believe anything about Jesus except he was a man that came to cause trouble. He didn't believe he was a great rabbi. He didn't believe anything about him. And so now he comes face to face with with Jesus himself. And this changes everything for him. And when he said, Lord, that's what he became, Jesus became to him. He became the one that was the authority in his life. He became the one that was in charge in Saul's life. So when he says, who are you, Lord? And he finds out that it's Jesus, he, 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 he submits to him. First things first, and this is what I would tell you as we begin today, is that you've got to settle the lordship of Jesus Christ. You've got to know that Jesus is Lord. And when you do, that changes everything. If Jesus is Lord, can I tell you what you don't say to him? You don't say no. If Jesus is Lord, and he tells you to be baptized, what do you do? Yes, sir. If Jesus is Lord, and he says to to go and feed the poor, what do you do? Yes, Lord. If if, if he says go and help the widows, you say yes, Lord. If he says give 10%, yes, Lord. If he says to save sex until marriage, you say yes, Lord. Because there isn't that no. Because you realize that he is the authority, he is the power, and when he asks us to do something, we do it. I told you this last week, and I want to go back to this phrase, and it's just a simple one. It can't happen through you until it happens to you. You got that? When the lordship of Jesus Christ is settled in your life, it is happening to you. And then it will happen through you. And you actually begin to see what happens in, in, in Saul's life here. It changes radically. You just have to read the rest of the book of Acts and the rest of the New Testament to see all that he did. But it is absolutely life-changing when what? When you submit to the authority of Jesus Christ, and you say, Jesus, you are Lord. Yes, Lord, I will do what you ask. Let's keep on reading. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. Can I tell you what? He he was blinded. And this is what I will tell you about about Saul, is he was blinded to the truth because of tradition, because of uh, of what he wanted to see. He was blinded, and now God actually blinds him, and he begins to see and understand who Jesus is with his heart. 
If you go to Ephesians, the first chapter, in verse 18, Paul prays this prayer, and he prays it this way. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be opened, that you will know the power of the resurrection. Did you get that? That's what's happening in Saul right now. The the, the eyes of his heart have been made open so that he can actually realize who Jesus is. And then in verse 9, It says, for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. I think three days is significant. Jesus spent three days in the tomb. He was dead and then he was alive. I believe in those three days God was doing a great work in Saul's life. For three days, he he came in, a a man that was headed towards death, to a man that now had life and was spreading the word of Jesus Christ. That's the story uh, of the conversion of Saul. That's a pretty amazing story. Uh, And and it all wraps up in that one thing. He decided Jesus was Lord, and then he continued to say yes with his life continually. But there's this guy, Ananias, that that, that we're going to see right now. And Ananias is used by God to to, to make a difference in Saul's life. And I want you to see about this. Because the sermon in the sentence is this today. We must break the silence even when it's hard. We must go to people sometimes that that we don't want to go to. We must break the silence even when it's hard. And as you see this, and as we look at this guy, Ananias, I believe that if we will follow the pattern there, that we will have a great impact in our community. So so that's the sermon on the sentence. Would you say it with me? We must break the silence even when it's hard. So let's start reading again. Verse 10. It says, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, okay? There's another Ananias in in, in the book of Acts. He's dead back in Acts 5, so we know that it's not him. And it says, the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. Can I just stop right there? This is something that's really important. Would you know the voice of God if he spoke to you? I know when people call me, I can recognize their voice if I talk to them regularly. But if I don't talk to them regularly, you know what? I'll have to ask, who is this? And so this is such an important thing. If you want to hear from God, if you want to recognize his voice, it comes by regularly being with him. And Ananias, Ananias knew that it was God talking to him. Let's keep on going. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Stray Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Can I just tell you, that's pretty simple, isn't it? That's a pretty simple instruction, okay? This is what you're to do. You're to go to Judas's house. It's on Stray Street. You get there, and you lay your hands on this guy named Paul. And, and you know, I've got to tell you, I find that to be true of every single one of God's commands. They're pretty simple to do, aren't they? He says, hey, I want you to be baptized. We saw a bunch of people baptized for service, okay? It wasn't that hard. It was just moving from the seat to there. He says to go and help the poor. N- not hard. He says to to help the widows. See, we could go right on down the list. And every single one of them are so simple that that it's entirely possible for us to do them. And and I think that's important. But, but, guess what? Ananias pushes back. Do you ever push back? Okay, let's let's continue to read. Lord, this is a little, this is Ananias' little prayer here. Lord, 
I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Lord, I've heard. Lord, I've heard. Can I tell you what Ananias' problem was here? He had a little bit of prejudice in him. You ever have prejudice? Me, I do. It's when I see somebody and I prejudge them, okay? Can I tell you what his prejudice is? He's heard so many things about him, but he hasn't really taken the time to get to know him. But this is what's going to happen here in this story. Ananias is going to lay aside his prejudice. Ananias is going to lay aside his prejudice, and that's what we've got to do. And I want you to see how he does it, because I think it's a way that you and I can lay aside our prejudice. Yes, it's going to be hard to go to people sometimes, because we're prejudiced. We don't think that they could learn. So so let me tell you how you do that. Number one is you name it. You name it. He names it. This is what I've heard. This is one bad dude, and he kills Christians. I don't want any part of him. Sometimes we name it. I'm I was watching the news the other night. I was watching the news. And, and uh, they had a picture of a murderer on there. And he had a beard. I've got it figured out now. Murderers have beards. <laughs> Joe? Okay, I'm just saying. Uh, Adam, I'm so thankful Kevin shaved his beard this week, you know. Uh, it, you know, because I was scared I had a staff full of murderers, okay? So, so. Now, that sounds completely stupid, doesn't it? You would say, well, that doesn't make any sense. But don't we do that very same thing? We look at somebody and we decide who they are by the color of their skin or by their ethnicity or by their sexual orientation or by their color of their hair. Blondes? Gray-haired people? They're too old. They don't know anything. No-haired people? Okay. We do, don't we? But can I tell you, if we will name it, if we will name it and, 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 and realize that we have them, then we can do the second step, and that's simply to confront it. And what you're going to see in just a second is that Ananias does confront it. Okay, he does. He goes to Saul. And let me tell you how you confront it. That means you've got to get up off your rear end and maybe go across town and sit down with somebody that's different from you and begin to talk with them. It might mean that you've got to walk across the street and find out that those people that you've made up your mind about aren't really that way. It might even be walking across the room. But you've got to confront it. Because every single person in this world is a precious creation of Jesus Christ. And if you judge them and determine that they shouldn't know the story of Jesus Christ, you sinned. Third thing I will tell you about this prejudice and how to deal with it is this. Sometimes you got to pray. Actually, Ananias does that, doesn't he? He says, Lord, I've heard about this guy. And if you're like me, sometimes our prejudice can be very deep-seated. It can be because of something that happened to us. It could be because of of where we grew up. It could be because of of the way that that we were raised. And sometimes it may take a little bit of prayer for God to, to, to pry that out of us. So I'm just simply saying, folks, 
If we're going to break the silence when it's hard, many times it's going to be because we will take care of the prejudice. And, and, and that's one of the things that, that we've got to do. But let's keep on reading. Let's keep on reading. But the Lord said to Ananias, okay, Ananias has made his excuse and the Lord said this, go. Do you notice there's an exclamation mark there? Go. Just go. Get up and get it done, okay? He says, he says, go. This man is my chosen instrument. This man has been chosen by me for a specific purpose, to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel, and I will show how much he must suffer for my name. Well, I don't know that I want to take him that message. Guess what, Saul? You're going to suffer a lot. And then it says this, then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Can you imagine how hard that must have been? He's headed to Ananias' house. I mean, he's headed to Judas' house where Saul is, and Saul is a Christian killer, and Ananias is a Christian. Now, I'm going to tell you how I would have gotten there. If, uh, if Judas's house where Paul was was over near Walmart, I would have gone up 441, gotten on I-20, got to 285, and went around the top of Atlanta, got on 75, gone down to Macon, and come in from that side. Why would I have done that? Because I would have been scared. Why would I have done that? Because I, I, just, I just, you know, this was a scary thing. I, and probably when I got to the door, I would have gone, I'd better rehearse my lines a little bit more. And I would probably do that a couple of times. Can I just tell you, this isn't an easy thing. And, and, and when God tells us to do something and when he tells us to break the silence when it's hard, this is what I'm going to tell you. We have to act in faith and obedience. We have to act in faith and obedience. I mentioned it earlier. Obedience, what the commands that God give us, they're very simple, and obedience is simple but hard. Let me give you an example. Be baptized. Whoa, 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 whoa. That means I'm saying I'm all in and I'm done with what's in the past. I'm not quite ready to go there. I want you to go and feed the poor. Well, I, I don't know exactly how to do that in the right way. You see, obedience is very simple, what God tells us, but we make it so very hard when it's simply that we've got to act in faith and obedience. This is the other thing we do. It's what, it's what I would call partial obedience. And can I tell you, partial obedience doesn't work. He could have gotten halfway to, 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 to that house where, where Saul was and turned around and went back. He said, well, I went. He didn't say that he went halfway. Or he could have gotten to the door and could have said, mm, no, I think I'm done. Or he could have even gotten all the way inside, but not done what God said him to do. Partial obedience. Partial obedience doesn't get it done. In fact, this is what I would have you understand. Partial obedience is complete disobedience. Did you catch that? Partial obedience is complete disobedience. But this is what I would have you to understand deep in your heart. Obedience. When you and I obey just like Ananias did, it releases the power of God in our lives. It's released into Ananias' life. And he actually goes into that place and lays hands on him and heals him. That, that power that was released in his life also flowed into Saul's life. And it absolutely changed him. 
And it's amazing to see what happens. In fact, let's continue to read because I want you to see this. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul. That's huge. Brother Saul, okay? There's something going on there. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, like something, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Can I tell you what happens when you and I lay aside the prejudice, when you and I act in faith and obedience, then you know what's going to happen? We're going to get a chance to be amazed at what God can do. We're going to get a chance to be amazed at what God can do. When when I look at this passage, the the thing that stands out to me the most is that, 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 that Ananias calls him Brother Saul. Do you realize that when they started, they were arch enemies? And because God accepts Saul, now Ananias accepts him. He's no longer an outsider, but now he's an insider. The second thing that happens is that, that, he, that, that he brought Saul healing. He changed his status by making him a brother, and, and then he brought healing into Saul's life. He, he could see again. And you know that you and I have that power by praying for people and helping people, that we can help be part of the healing. We can heal hearts, and we've seen people healed through, through prayers. And then the third thing is he changed Saul's direction. Saul was a Christian killer. Now he's making Christians. Saul was headed for hell. Now he's headed for eternity with Jesus Christ. All because he's speaking up here. And then finally, he helped Saul obey. Did you catch what it said there? He said, he got up and was baptized immediately. Hmm. I want to just remind you of something about Ananias. You look at those verses that we just read. That's the only place that Ananias is mentioned in the Bible. He's got a few verses there. Not very many at all. And you know what? I want you to see the impact of him laying aside his prejudice. I want you to see the impact of him acting in faith and obedience. I want you to see what it is. So so let me just tell you a little bit about Saul. Now Paul, he wrote 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament. Okay? And that's that's pretty amazing. He, He wrote more of the Bible than anybody else. Okay, so, so on top of that, on top of that, well, when you look at this, it's so interesting that he took three missionary trips, okay? They lasted three to four years each, but the gospel spread throughout the Middle East and around the Mediterranean. Why? Because Saul went. Why? Because Ananias broke the silence even when it was hard. There were over 20 churches that Saul started in that region. Why? Because Ananias broke the silence. And there there were just tons of young men that were mentored and discipled by Saul. He had a huge impact. And this is what I would have you to understand. On February 2nd, we're going to ask you to invite somebody to come with you that day. We're going to ask you to break the silence. And it might be hard, but this is what I want you to understand. You breaking the silence could have the same effect that Ananias breaking the silence could. 
Because that person you might invite might be the next Saul. He might be the person that's going to make a difference in this church, in this community, in this country, or in this world. But you know what? If Ananias hadn't gone. So the last blank to fill in today is a simple one. Go. Go tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Lay aside the prejudice. Act in obedience and faith. And then be amazed at what God will do. This is what I've seen throughout my life when I've obeyed the simple actions that God has asked. It's changed everything. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the story of Saul. And I thank you for what he wrote for the churches that he started, for the men that he mentored. Father, I thank you that he was willing to travel and go wherever you would take him. And so, Father, I pray today that we'll hear this message. I pray that we will hear your call on our lives. And Father, if it's to go to somebody that's hard, I pray that you'll give us the courage. I pray that you'll help us to lay aside our prejudice. And Father, I pray that you'll help us to act in faith and obedience for your glory and your glory alone. So speak to us right now, Father, about what we should do. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We sang this song earlier, and we're going to sing it in just a second. It says, I, I, I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Do you realize that's what Ananias did? He went to his enemy and raised a hallelujah. He said, hey, I got I to I share with you. And that's all we're asking today. You know why somebody would do that? You know why somebody would risk their life and go like that? Because the issue of the Lordship of Jesus Christ had been decided in their life. You know what, when Ananias heard that, he pushed back a little bit. But what did he say? Yes, I'll go. And so that's what I'm just challenging you with today is this, is decide the issue of the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. If there's any area in your life right now that you're saying no to him in, you got to change. Because if you believe that He is Lord, you'll do it. If it's to be baptized, we're ready to do that today. If it's to give like 10%, well, we're, we're ready for that. If it's to, to go and help the poor, but this is what I'm going to tell you. This is what I want you to hear today. Until you settle that issue, nothing else is going to fall into place. Nothing else. But when it does, all heaven will break loose like you wouldn't believe. So we're going to raise a hallelujah in the presence of our enemies. We're going to raise it so that all can hear, but make sure you have that issue of the Lordship of Jesus settled in your life. So stand and sing. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.